we play some ACDC instead? We could do that. Maybe a little Andy Gibb? No. Some NXS? No. Yeah, that yeah. could work. The point is... No Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> the point is... We are. This is our Down Under episode today. Welcome. This is the Fright Club podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I am George Wolf, and we're from madwolf.com. And uh, we have a special guest. This is going to be great. We're going to get into some of our favorite, our top five, I guess, Australian horror movies. And they are there are some good ones. But uh, we want to put the word out one more time about next week's show. That's right. We are going to, because uh, we are masochists, uh, we're going to do a whole show on the the hardest scenes to watch in horror. So you know we've already gotten a lot of, of yeah. good recommendations, but just to make sure we don't you know forget anything, and just to really make the week leading up to the show as punishing for us as possible, remind us what are, what, what are the most hard to watch scenes in horror. Yeah, and like like uh, like Hope said that we've got some great submissions already, but keep them coming. And yes, we just watched uh, the a Serbian film again the other night, and thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Yes, thank you. That seems like the wrong term. <laughs> oh, still getting over that. But uh, there are plenty, plenty of uh, really, really tough scenes to watch, and maybe some that we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah. So we've got a whole week. Uh, let us know uh, at Mad Wolf on Twitter. That's M A D D W O L F. That's a good way. Also on Facebook, we're Mad Wolf Columbus. Uh, even even our, our website, uh, which is uh, MadWolf.com. The, the point is, we want to know what's the hardest the scenes that you, know, you just turn away from maybe an audition when she cuts the back of the oh, foot oh yeah that's a good one that's, that's a good you one. know it's it's there's a lot to choose from in fact i think it's going to be really tough to narrow this down to five yeah there's going to be there's going to be t- uh, tough uh, some tough cuts to make pun intended um <laughs> so let us know but that's a uh, next week uh we need your help for that but we have got some help already for this week with our special guest that's right we want to we want to introduce our uh, senior australian correspondent cory metcalf who's also a podcaster with us on golden spiral media he does triple cast and he does a lot of different television shows what's going on cory uh well it's midnight here in australia so witching hour that's right the man from the future Yes, that's right. Can you tell us the lottery numbers? You're <laughs> you're checking in from the future. Uh, and have you had your midnight Vegemite snack? And then we're going to stop. We're we going to stop with making the bad, stupid American jokes yeah. about Australian if culture. He could reach out through Skype and smack us in the face. He would <laughs> he would do that, and it would be well deserved. But yeah, give us a little really quickly uh, about your triple cast. What do you cover on there? Yeah, that's your podcast. Yeah, so a triple cast, we cover uh, three movies over three episodes that are sort of linked by whatever theme we decide we're going to come up with. So, you know, it could be through theme, through director, through actor, you know, it could be a trilogy of movies. So that's kind of our thing that we get going over there. And uh, actually kind of getting sick of talking about Australian films because we've just covered three Australian <laughs> successful <laughs> right. Australian films at the moment. And uh, well, you are I find the, myself here. You are the senior Australian correspondent, that's so that's right. what you're going to get called on to do. I'm well, sorry. You know, and you know why he had to do this because of Mad Max. That's yeah. why he had to do the Australian movies for Triple Cast. Yeah. How awesome was that movie? Oh, that was definitely the main reason why we. <laughs> yeah. I decided it was time to talk Australian movies. Oh, yeah. There, so and we then, could just talk about the new Mad Max. And well right. worth it. So good. So oh good. God, it's so great. Yeah. Amazing. Love that one. So, And just a fair warning, at, uh, when we're done getting through our countdown here, we're going to ask you your, your favorite horrible scene to watch. So we'll, we'll put you on hold for that one, but just be ready. So, uh, well, let's get into it. Um, Hope, we've got the, uh, our top five favorite Australian horror films and what do we got at number five well actually if we can just for a second we want to talk for a second about the ones that didn't make the list and and one of the ones i wanted to talk about because i had never even heard of this movie before and Corey hipped me to it and i watched it the other day and uh it wasn't quite horror i think enough to make the list but god it was so weird bad boy bubby wow (laughs) 
Where did you find that one? Well, you know, it's just being in Australia, so these Australian films pop up sometimes. And it's actually directed by a really well-known Australian director called Rofter here. And he actually does a lot of movies about the the plight of the uh, Australian Aborigines. So that's kind of his wheelhouse. But he's got this one movie, Bad Boy Barbie, which is just so off-the-wall crazy. And it's it's worth checking out because it's like the idea of being confined to a space and then what happens when when you're broken free from that space it's absolutely nutty it is you know uh i wish i'd seen it before i saw the movie frank the michael fassbender movie frank because that's a little bit what it reminded me of um in a very twisted sort of way but god the performances were great and you just never for a second knew where it was going and you really hoped it was going to take a turn but and what a oh my god this most sympathetic performance from the lead it's just what's the the weirdest i haven't seen it what's the quick synopsis what's going on uh this guy uh, by the time he's about 35 he finally realizes that uh, he, he can leave his tiny apartment. He and his mom have stayed inside this tiny windowless apartment his whole life. Uh, he believes that there's she wears a gas mask wherever, whenever she leaves. And so then some crazy stuff happens, and then he's out on his own, out in the world. And it's just the abuse that he takes and, and this innocent... Uh, you know, it also a little bit reminds me, uh, reminded me of Times of Frankenstein, where it was like this man-sized child brain horror it was uh it was god it was just fascinating yeah he's got this very unusual cadence to the way that he speaks and he he mimics people a lot so when he's confronted with violence he he sort of gives violence back it's it's very fascinating it is uh, albeit disturbing (laughs) what uh when did this come out like it was late 70s oh really um, if i remember okay bad boy yeah Ooh. That's <laughs> a one-word review. <laughs> and, you know, another one that you mentioned that I was not able to get a hold of is Cut. I know Molly Ringwald is in it, but I don't know really much else about it. <laughs> yeah, it, this is a really random movie. This was made in 2000. It also stars, uh, well, not really stars, but it has a small role with Kylie Minogue. Oh, And, uh, you know, my wheelhouse of horror is really slasher. Like, I love a good slasher film. And this is just, it's it's a good twist on the slasher movie. Sort of, it, it starts in the 70s where they're making this cheesy slasher movie. They've got a big actress who is played by Molly Ringwald. And uh, suddenly, the, the uptight actor that they've got to play the killer uh, kills the female director. And then years later, a group of film students decide they're going to finish the film and madness ensues the the killer comes back and molly ringwald is back and yeah it just goes off the wall crazy cut yeah i mean i think i'm gonna have to find a copy and a used copy and buy it (laughs) okay well even i had trouble tracking a down a copy on dvd (laughs) well let's just call molly we have her number (laughs) though (laughs) let's have have a little screening over at the house another one that uh almost kind of bubbling under uh, our countdown here, one called uh, 100 Bloody Acres. Yeah, that was the one that was closest. That was the closest. Yeah. I almost made this a six because of <laughs> that. I love... Uh, have you seen that one? I've seen this one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just like as much as I love my slasher movies, I love a good horror comedy as well. Oh, yeah. And it's it takes really weird directions. And John Jarrett is in it, which is just the push over the cliff, really, yeah. uh, in, in any movie at all. Uh, you don't want to give away terrible. It's a little bit of a road trip film, and uh, some teens are trying to get to a concert, and uh, they get helped by a guy who runs organic fertilizer business. Needs uh, more mulch. Um, it's, <laughs> it's oh, is it is it like um, what's the one? 
with uh, John Ratzenberger in the ground and his uh, oh Motel Hell is it like that? Um, that's his a- malt. That's the mulch. <laughs> Let's got a little Motel Hell. Soil and green is people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. It's it's really quite wicked, and it's uh, and it's and it's again it's it's weird because there are some very uh, sympathetic performances in the middle of all of the insanity, and then there's this ant. Oh my god, turn away! Yeah, it's uh, it's nutty. It's really really funny. Uh, you wouldn't maybe know that from the title "100 Bloody Acres" if you're thinking, "Oh, I don't think I could put myself through that." No, it's really funny. Is that one you 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 like, Corey, as well? Oh, absolutely. Throughout the whole movie, they're playing this jingle because it's the Morgan Brothers. (laughs) So they've got this jingle that's constantly playing on the radio. That's a Morgan Brothers guarantee. And meanwhile, they're like shredding people. (laughs) (laughs) Did we say when this came out? What year? This is only a couple years old, maybe three years old. Okay. All right. Uh, So those are the uh, anything else that just almost made it? No. No, I mean, uh, there are a couple, you know, uh, Greg McLean is on the list, you know, and uh, he's got more than just the one movie that's on the list, but this is the only one that made it. He's probably the biggest director in Australian horror right now, I would say. Um, but then the Spirig brothers, they did Daybreakers, which was, you know, yeah. weird and interesting, yeah. but certainly not good enough to make the list. So. so we look over the last few, maybe several years, and there's some good entries in Australian horror, but Hope, you were saying that maybe over overall there's not a... A really stellar history of Australia. No, it's, going it's funny. Back decades. I mean, I, I think if you go really anywhere in the last four, five, six, seven, eight years, uh, really excellent horror movies have just—it's just exploded. But uh, a, a lot of uh, Australian horrors—they had—they had a little explosion in the late seventies, early eighties. But most of those movies are sort of awful. They're fun to watch if you like bad horror movies, and most of them actually were written by uh, this man Everett DeRoche. He did Patrick. Uh, which I weirdly love, but most people don't. Road Games, Link, which is an orangutan horror movie. Woohoo! I'm in. He wrote Lost Weekend, which is maybe the most famous, and Razorback, which are long. They're, not Lost Weekend, Long Weekend. Well, excuse me, Long yeah. Weekend. I apologize. And and Razorback, uh, which are sort of big deal, you know, to to horror buffs from Australia. Although again, none of them are really great movies. The Razorback. The reason I bring it up is because Russell Mulcahy he directed it, and you know, I just like to bring that up so I can mention Duran Duran. Okay. The mention has been made, okay? He directed all the great Duran Duran videos, everyone, so that's why we love Russell Mulcahy. Um, That's why one of us loves Russell Mulcahy. (laughs) But, uh, Corey, do you agree with that summation of uh, Australian horror? Any any going back years and years and decades? uh, Good, bad? Am I missing anything? Oh, well, yeah, I, I think exactly the same thing. I mean, we could go right down the rabbit hole of the exploitation movement. Right. But uh, you know, it tends not to be horror a lot of the time. It's more just violence for violence' sake. Um, it's like you mentioned, of course, uh, movies like Patrick. Um, the director Richard Franklin, of course, went on to spearhead sure. the sequel to Psycho. Yeah. So he actually he did pretty well. But you're right. It's it's not until you start getting maybe into about the 80s that things really started to heat up in Australian horror. But it is. I mean, uh, there is, and, and Mad Max came out of that. There is a really great history of exploitation movies, of of like post-apocalyptic movies, and and uh, you know road trip films, and you know nutty stuff. They're just not. They're just not really horror films. Exactly. All right. So we talked about some that. Speaking al- of road trip horror, almost made we got the cut. One, we got one coming up at number five. Yeah, one at number five in this one. Boy, you had a hard time tracking this one down, well, right? Because it's, finally- it's not really, really out yet in, in the U.S. It's ah. not really on VOD yet. It's coming out here pretty soon. So okay. you have to kind of work a little hard to get it over over here. So technically from 2014, but in the U.S. still, still to come, this one's called Wormwood. All we know is there is something in the air that's changing people. 
Ready? Born ready. Come on, you dead bastard! Hold on! Come on, you zombie! You want a zombie? I'll get you a zombie. What? This is one, actually, that Corey hipped us to a long while back. So I've been really eager to see this movie for quite a bit because you you put it on our Facebook right away. Like, this is available. you got to watch this. What made you love this? Okay, so I saw this movie was coming out, and it was completely independently made in, in backyards around Sydney and, and out in the mountains. Crazy uh, zombie film just made on the cheap over about three or four years. And it's just it's done so well for itself that I couldn't not go and see it and when i saw it i was just i was so impressed yeah you know it's funny you wouldn't really know that it was that inexpensively made i mean it was really it was really well put together and it had a lot of uh it it picked up a lot of the regular sort of zombie ideas it's the it's the end of the world and you know he's got to get to his sister uh and then uh, also sort of government officials are probably worse for us than zombies are but they some really fascinating twists and again which i think you find in a lot of australian horror very funny like a really wicked sense of humor and and a lot of violence oh absolutely and you know the humor is just it's sort of undertone to the whole thing you know is it uh, they they hit things like oh we've got an uh, an emergency box here quick open it up what's in there right. oh it's a beer right <laughs> <laughs> just you know it's just a it's just the funniest idea it's just a couple of guys where i mean they take they take it in stride in a way that you don't see in that very many uh zombie movies they're like oh you know, well, what do you got? What can we do? Hey, I think that this light's on fire. It's just, uh, it's it's pretty inventive, actually. And, and it's hard to, I think, find a fresh, you know, take on that particular genre. But I think this one does it. It's, and it's very fun and it's really action-packed. Yeah, you know, for, for a movie that sort of takes the tropes of zombie films, it really is an original idea. Uh, you know, even down to the idea of where does the zombie virus come from? They, right. they hit you with about four different outlets, and it's not even until towards the end where they make any mention of what wormwood is. So, it's funny. Yeah, I, I was just I was just going to ask that. What is what is wormwood? But is that something that we don't want to know if we haven't seen the movie? Probably. Well, yeah, it's it's a bit of a reveal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so here in the states, we can look forward to this one coming fairly soon. At I guess? least on VOD, um, you can you can get it on VOD right now. All you can do is is uh, pre purchase it. Um, but uh, it's going to be available here shortly in the next couple of weeks, I think. Okay, good. Look out for that one in, in the States, Wormwood. That's uh, that's number five on our countdown of Australian horror. And at number four from 2011, it's the Snowtown Murders. Do you mind if I stay over? Of course, mate. You ever shot a gun before? You want to shoot? Yeah, this was one, in addition to being, you know, brutal, and it's also a, a bit of a psychological study, at least for me. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's funny, we'd watched uh, Animal Kingdom not uh, not long before we watched this movie, and I remember thinking how similar those two films yeah. are, and how just um, unsettlingly understated and honest both of those movies are, and, and they both kind of swim in the same waters, where uh, you've got this population who's just dying for an adult male to tell them what to do. And it doesn't go well in Animal Kingdom, but oh my God, Snowtown, it goes way, way worse. And of course, that's the film is based on uh, true events 
in kind of a Henry Porch of Serial Killer sort of way, which makes it even that much more unsettling. Was this a was this a big movie in Australia? No, this wasn't huge at all. It, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who actually watched it. Of course, people know the the actual story of what happened in Snowtown, but the movie itself, I don't, you know, I don't think people were very comfortable with glorifying the events of what happened there. Yeah, I can see that. And it's uh, it's so realistic. It's so like it just lacks any kind of sort of panache. It's really hard to watch, but it's very um, it's really well done. And, and the thing that that uh, aside from the tone that they develop where they really Justin Kersel as the director really avoids any kind of lurid details. But Daniel Henshaw, who's also with the Babadook, actually. Um, he plays John Bunting. It's a story of John Bunting, who's a serial killer in a in a um, small, low rent uh, suburb in Australia. Daniel Henshaw is he's so sort of just round, cherub faced, likable. It's like you can really see it's so believable the way people just fall into sort of you know being being friends with him and then sort of liking his attention and then the way that he just. It goes from being like a thinning of the herd, you know, from like vigilantism to uh, just this sadistic power play. And it's it's so unsettling to watch the way the whole neighborhood just kind of goes along with it all. It's a remarkable movie. Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting story because you get in. It's like you said, they get into this idea of vigilantism and you can almost you know, root for him a little bit. You're just like, yeah, you know, I can understand where you're coming from. But then he just starts getting into uh, hatred of all kinds of people. And then it's just suddenly you, you just can't back this guy anymore. Oh, yeah. And what he does, even in the early yeah. parts, the vigilantism part, what, the way he goes about it is so horrific. And it's... um. It, yeah, it's just a it's a really startling film. And and not only that, I think it also takes a nice parallel between predator and prey, not only in in his his victims, uh his homicide victims, but also he's looking for, you know, he's a predator getting people into his way of thinking, especially right. that boy. And also looking at it really in today's context, there's a little bit of a themes about how maybe people get sucked into radical cults. Yeah, I uh, can see that too. You know, that, that, that turn violent. Yeah, uh, with certain like like you were talking about Corey a little bit ago. You said how you can see at first you're going, yeah, I can get behind that, and then it takes a whole different way, and all of a sudden, boom, you're into something. Right, you didn't by think that you were point, in. you're implicated and and afraid, and yeah, it's just a fascinating but really disturbing and hard to watch film. Yeah. So and. and not to give, for those who haven't seen it, not to give the idea that it's, you wouldn't call it a documentary or docudrama, but it is no. based on real events, correct? It is. Correct? It's a true, true crime film, right? Yeah, true crime film. So from 2011, The Snowtown Murders, one to uh, check out. Not that number three is the happy film to watch, but it's probably a little bit more famous and more on your radar. And the fact that this one is down at number three, as much as we love Would- this, that just shows you we've got good stuff to come. Because uh, we've talked about this one uh, with good reason before. From 2005, Wolf Creek. What the bloody hell are you mob doing out here? <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> so, um, what do you actually do? I can tell you. And then I'll have to kill you. Let's play. I got, Corey, I got four words for you. Head on a stick. 
<laughs> oh man, I love this movie. Yeah, I really do. Uh, I'm glad to hear that because we do, and uh, we've we've mentioned it several times. But we've also said how there, there's you'll find a segment of people who have just said this movie is just reprehensible, right? Which I can't understand at all. So give us your take. Well, you know this this movie I just think is a great representation of what has sort of become a cliche in Australia is that, you know, you go out in the outback and some lunatic's just going to murder you. <laughs> That's what I'm Which, sorry. Yeah. Is that not true? Is that not the case? <laughs> not in every case. <laughs> but, you know, this sort of, it took that idea and ran with it and, and presented something that was, it was truly horrific. But at the same time, you've got John Jarrett playing playing the part of, yeah. the, of the maniac and he just does a fantastic job no he matter does. what he's doing yeah if he's talking about head on a stick prancing it around in front of people's faces you're just like yeah you tell him mick yeah it's um <laughs> he's just this amiable sadist you know i mean he's yeah. oh my it's it's a terrifying it's a magnificent performance one well, of the great horror it's, villains it's one of those performances that you just can't imagine anyone else doing i can't right. when i no. think of that movie no he's it and that's it i can't see anyone else he just nailed it and yeah. carries the thing perfectly oh my god he's so great he's so great um and and uh, and I've said before, uh, you know, for me, uh, when when uh, for me, the villain is the most important character in any horror film, and really for me, in, in any Disney movie and most movies, I'm really a big fan of the villain. And and if they're done right, like a Hannibal Lecter, if it's done really well, you automatically have a strong film, and that's that's the case with this movie. Um, but it, it is a, a fascinating backwoods horror, which is very very popular in the United States. But it's almost like you know, it's almost like they're going, oh yeah, you think you got the backwoods? You don't have anything. You don't even know. Well, he he even <laughs> says that. And and Corey, you you tell you tell us, was this an intentional you know spoof on the Crocodile Dundee line about about that's not a knife when he says that's not the middle of nowhere yeah. this is the middle yeah. that seemed to me like an intentional kind of uh, poke uh, with that sort of uh, you know haha Australian stuff oh definitely without a doubt and and of course it takes it to perverted levels when he starts actually using that knife on people and oh yeah sort of explaining what he's doing while he's doing it you know it's so creepy the thing that i actually love in this was the water just the water when he gives them the water mm-hmm. and then you see it later when they're playing back some of that video footage and there he is giving it to like a family or something oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. fresh water straight from the spring right, right. and you're like oh you see well, a little kid bastard. drinking it and oh and yeah and then when they find all those old ids yeah. uh, in the drawer about yeah. all the other people yeah and and yeah. correct me if I'm wrong here. Was, was this also kind of based not on one incident, but maybe a few incidences of real real crime? Yes, there was there was a big case of a serial killer named Ivan Milat, who is in prison now. But he he murdered a lot of British backpackers, mostly female, in the Belangolo State Forest. So it's kind of based on him. Uh, not really Central Australia though, just sort of out of the way place. So, yeah, definitely based on him. He's, he's probably Australia's most prolific serial killer. And wow. You can see the influences from that, uh, that case. Is there really a Wolf Creek National Park? I believe so, yeah. And the, the um, meteorite crater and everything, it's all there. Um, I remember when I saw 
because uh, I saw a picnic at Hanging Rock pretty late. I mean, like, you know, in the, I don't know, maybe four or five, six years ago. And um, at th- and John Jarrett is in that as well. And, uh, uh, you know, some some girls, some students and a teacher, they, they disappear at this basically Australian National Park where everybody's watch stops. And I remember thinking I was watching it. Is this the same place? Is this a, or are there just, well, just national parks all over the country where all of your stuff, all of your batteries are going to stop working and people are going to go missing? <laughs> it's not a great tourism sort of bored kind of film, these, these movies that you have. Yeah, you know, any, any, any reason to, to get your main characters cut off from society, you know? So why not right. have some sort of mystical central location where everything's going to stop working? <laughs> so there isn't really one. <laughs> Oh, could very well be. I don't go out there. <laughs> you're being Definitely very, not at nighttime. You're be, you're being very intentionally coy about this. I think you've uh, you know more than you're letting on there, Corey. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, Wolf Creek is one all three of us now obviously love. So if you haven't seen it, do so. Uh, and that you know that do we mention the sequels? Are they worth mentioning? Wolf Creek Two. Um, I you know what I'm not a huge fan of Wolf Creek Two, although I know that uh, Craig Hunter uh, at ScreenRelish.com he's a big fan of it and uh, and knows. Both, I think both John Jarrett and Greg McLean follow him on Twitter, which makes him the what? coolest person I know. Yeah. Holy moly. I know it. We've got to get to know him a little better, I guess, don't we? <laughs> Maybe we can and have can... him on and talk about British horror. We should do that. <laughs> what were you saying, Corey? Well, I can't say too much uh, about Wolf Creek 2 either. I saw it once, didn't really like it. I thought it was just, it, it went too far. Yeah. Okay. So stay with Wolf Creek 1. That's what we do. That's at number three. And moving on to number two, one of Hope's absolute favorites. It is... The Loved Ones. Will you go to the dance with me? Sorry, Loma. I'm going with Holly. I'm going to stab Holly in the heart. Just like you did to me. Ah, Lola. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i love lola she's like she's i don't care what's at number one she's the best australian horror movie villain ever she really is she's so great in that pink dress and that song (laughs) well you know the funny thing we we had actually seen casey chambers in concert before when she was over here and And she sang that song yeah and so we had known about her uh not pretty enough. Oh, yeah. And it had got a little bit of airplay, even over here. That's right. Uh, so we, we knew that song. And now uh, it just creeps me yeah. out. <laughs> it's the most perfect song for that movie. It, it really is. And she is. I'll give you that. She is a fantastic character, and the actress does a great Robin job. Robin McLevy, yeah. She is so... She is, and and uh, I think the first time I saw it, that was really... Between that and the, the way that it just takes a turn that I didn't expect, once you get to Robin's house, once you get to Lola's house, um, I, I don't think I noticed uh, the really just expert camera work work until the second or third time I'd watch it and especially with that pink dress there's a scene where she's she's tenacious she's coming after that car and she's just dragging herself and there's this big wide shot at this glittery pink dress just dragging itself all bloody <laughs> toward this car it's um it's just it's a really inventive story it uh, it, it and it works some pretty wicked humor into it as well oh yeah yeah and uh for, for those who haven't heard it's very quickly, it's about a, a girl who basically gets spurned on a on a, a de- like prom night. Prom night, uh, asks the boy to to uh, the dance, and uh, he has a girlfriend already, and she doesn't take that too well. She, and neither does her dad. He's does very her dad. supportive. Her father's very supportive. Very, and they have <laughs> quite a family dynamic. And then they break out the power tools, and then you find out that he's not the first guy to suffer this fate, and uh, it gets crazy um, in a good way. But yeah, was there a big? Was this a was Corey? Was this a hit uh, in in Australia? Oh, definitely not. I, I saw this. This did get theatrical release, 
And I saw it because I actually worked at the cinema at the time, so I saw it was coming. And I walked out of it and thought, wow, you know, what an absolute nutball idea of a movie. <laughs> Nobody's going to see this. <laughs> <laughs> and my predictions were, of course, right. But, yeah, you know, it's just the whole idea, you know, it's it's just in this house pretty much for the whole movie, a few structuring scenes. But, yeah, you're in this house and uh, – you know, they're breaking out the power tools and then they're escaping and, oh, my God, it's just, oh. Yeah, and you it's, also... It, it's bug nuts. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good word. <laughs> that is a good word. Uh, you also get, as you said, a, a little bit of humor, especially with the other couple, the goth girl and the shy boy. Uh, and they, they, they're not involved in the, you know, the torturing and the power tools, but they have a little bit of side plot that gets humor into it. Uh, and then, as you said, there's even in the main... Uh, the main story, there's a little bit of dark humor. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, and, and also... A really weird family dynamic. Yeah, yeah. And not only the pink dress, but I think all around, once they get to the house, a, a real use of color all around. Right. And what's, what's the going disco on ball. With, Oh, my God, the disco ball. And <laughs> yeah. bright eyes. What is what is the deal with bright eyes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a, not a house you want to go visiting. But uh, now was she... What's, what's the actress's name? I'm Robin sorry. Robin McLeavy. Is she big uh, over there, down under? No, no, I, I honestly can't say I've seen her in anything else. That's a crime. This movie. Man. I don't understand that at all. No, she was on a TV show here, um, Hell on Wheels. I don't know that that show is still on. I've never seen it, actually. I just know that she's on it. Here, here in, in, in the U.S.? Wow. Well, let's let's uh, start some sort of uh, petition for her to get more more horror yeah. roles, because yeah. she, she, she nailed that one. No, she did. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Xavier Samuel, of course, had a, a bit of a better career. About the time he was doing this movie, he was also in the Twilight movies, so... He's oh, he was. doing okay. Yeah, he's doing all right. Did we know that? Did we no. know he was in the Twilight movies? No. Well, we've tried to block them out of our memory. <laughs> uh, that's what happened. I, I, yeah, I saw those once and just thought, yeah. <laughs> was, he, I don't need to say that again. I don't, I don't know. What did he play? He was just one of the a- aimless vampires from the oh, okay. big head cult. Okay. okay. Well, I would say that I'm going to go back and watch him and try to look for him, but I would be lying. <laughs> so we'll take your word for it. But yeah, The Loved Ones at number two. So you know number one has got to be good, and it is just from last year, The Babadook. You can't get rid of The Babadook. This is one of the most inventive and yet sort of uh, almost primal horror films just ever. You know, I mean, it's it's a it's a it mines a uh, a feeling that so many parents already have of just bone deep, weary, tired, and and you want to just you know have love for your kid and and work through it, and yet uh, you know it's like oh my god, you just want to go to sleep. I mean, you, the the um, Essie Davis, who plays the mother of the son, and uh, he believes that there's a monster in their house because they read this pop-up book together called The Babadook. Uh, and it is a super creepy pop-up book. But she is she is so wonderful. Her performance is so good. Um, and, and it generates so much sympathy and empathy that no matter where the movie goes, you kind of want to side with her, regardless of the fact that maybe you shouldn't. Oh, I totally agree. This, you know, these creepy monster movies absolutely freak me out they really do and you know when you when you hear the the word babadook you kind of think yeah you know it's a bit of a gothic child story whatever but wait until you hear it said 
Baba Duck. Oh, duck, yeah. Duck. <laughs> oh, my God. Suddenly it's creepy as hell. And, you know, just jump scares um, and double takes throughout this movie are insane, especially uh, there's one spot where they look over into the house and the bubble duck's there, but they cut it away and then they go back and it's not there. And you're like, oh, my God, it's every <laughs> Oh, it could just pop up and, and, and get you no matter where you are. I love it. Yeah, and, and not only that, but I think like the best horror movies, uh, many of them anyway, it's really about something. Uh, underneath there's a context underneath the scares that is really meaningful uh, which comes into play especially at the end uh, about what we're really dealing with here and if you haven't seen i don't know have you seen the uh short film that this came from called monster Corey? no i haven't seen it you can find it i believe you can just find it on youtube but anyway it, it's very good it's not as good as this uh but it's very it's more direct about what she's saying i think about uh, about what the for anyone who might have been a little uh, fuzzy on the ending of the Babadook, um, if you see the the short film called Monster, uh, it's it's more direct. Which I, I actually like. Uh, one of the things I like about the movie version better, the full length version, is it, is it is more ambiguous, and and, and she just, just does a brilliant job. Jennifer Kent, the Jennifer director. Jennifer Kent does a brilliant job taking this uh, short that she made and expanding it to an even better feature length. Uh, film, but it's it's and, and more. Uh, but but the short, if you see it, is is more direct about what what the issue is. One of the things too that I think make the move makes the movie so effective is just the way that it looks, the look of it. You know, the uh, the the pop up book is so perfect, is so incredibly creepy looking. And then when that sort of shadowy creature shows up just at the you know the edge of the camera, you're like, ah. but also there are times where they you know they they sort of elongate the you know the halls and the and the corners and they make everything just just not just not over the top just a little bit sort of a child's imagination creepy about it which is one of the things that makes keep i think keeps the whole film together is that you you're drawn into this little boy's imagination the way he's dealing with really what's actually happening in his house is to imagine this monster and and that's where you are is inside his imagination and it's it's just a beautifully made movie and so so creepy yeah he has a terrific arc throughout the movie because when it starts up, man, you just want to punch that kid you in do. the face. You do. Like I, I can't. I, I don't condone attacking children, but man, <laughs> I just wanted to punch him right in the face. But there's a there's a reason for right, that. Right. Yeah, you find, yeah, sure. Exactly, because by the end of it, you are so sympathetic towards him because he's he's being traumatized. Right. He's being almost hunted by this thing, and uh, so yeah. So by the end of it, you know, it's you just feel so bad for him and. It's just it's it's remarkable. I I love seeing children give an outstanding performance, and he absolutely gives an outstanding performance. He really does. Yeah, he really does. And uh, this is Jennifer Kent is boy talk about getting on the radar. This is someone I I want to know what she's doing next, and yeah, I want to see it, whatever absolutely. it might be. Agreed. Yeah, yes. I, I don't know whether she's going to stay in horror. Um, you want to so you know it's nice to see people branch out although if she wants to do another horror movie that's fine with me <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm right there with you is this something did we know did she was this her first feature it was wow mm-hmm. yeah really really well done yeah really well done and that is uh that is number one on our top five uh, favorite australian horror movies so just to recap really quickly we got uh, at number five, Wormwood, which you maybe haven't seen and should get a chance to see in the next couple of weeks on VOD. 
Snowtown, which is also the Snowtown murders from 2011. At number three, of course, Wolf Creek. Number two, one of my all-time favorites, as you know, The Loved Ones from 2009. And the number one, as far as we are concerned, the best Australian horror movie ever, The Babadook from 2014. Good stuff from the Aussies there, Corey. Not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully you've had a, a, a little time to uh, think about it in the back of your mind now, because next week we're going to go with uh, our most horrific scenes, hardest to watch scenes. For you, what comes to mind? Okay. Well, I'm thinking of two. The first one would be uh, the scene from Hostel uh, when he gets the backs of his legs cut, yeah. his Achilles tendon, yeah. and he tries to stand up. Oh, there's, there's something, <laughs> about, the, something about your Achilles. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. What's next? And the second one would be uh, the Rob Zombie remake of Halloween when uh, he's uh, attacking the girl in the house the first time, not not the Laurie Strode character, the other girl. And she's topless, and he's dragging her around the house. Oh man, I find that so hard. Oh, that, that's um, very brutal. Uh, Danielle Harris. Yeah, yes. there you go, Danielle yeah. Harris. That's right. Yes, Interesting. Yes, yes. Okay, All that's right. not one I would have thought of. No, but hey, we, I, I love getting those new new submissions. All right, so uh, we we need more. Keep them coming, and, and keep this conversation coming as well. If you have some thoughts on uh, the Australian films, uh, maybe something we missed, or maybe something we're off base on, let us know. Easiest way to do that uh, on the Twitter account, and we are at Mad Wolf M A D. D-W-O-L-F. You can also leave us a, a, a voicemail over on goldenspiralmedia.com where you can also find Corey's Triple Cast podcast and check those out if you haven't. Corey, it has been a pleasure. We thank you for staying up late and uh, and giving us your, uh, your senior Australian correspondent perspective. <laughs> There's just so much great Australian horror and people should seek it out. Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, you know, if anybody's aware of Australian horror that we missed, please let us know <laughs> because we would love to look into it because I really think that especially in the last, if you look at that Wormwood and Babadook, they're both last year. A lot of these movies are in the last, you know, 10 years at most and they are just awesome. So it'd be great to see what else they've made in the last 10 years that we somehow missed. Yeah, good stuff. Corey's got the triple cast, so look that up. Corey, thank you uh, once again. Uh, This is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. You better be staying frightful, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Yay!